Hey, welcome back to the Father's House. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Pastor John, and I can't wait to finish out our Surrender series with you. But before we do, just a couple things for the house. Uh, we gather in three ways here. If this is your first time, you're probably gathering through one of our online options, YouTube, Facebook, our website. We also gather in person, and no matter what the weather, rain or shine, we're going to be here in the Father's backyard following gathering guidelines, but we also gather in our Father's House churches all throughout the week, different days in different neighborhoods. If you're interested in joining one or hosting one of those, please let us know. We are just glad that you are here no matter how you're gathering with us. Hey, listen, our big game Sunday is coming up quick. And even if you're at a house church right now or watching this at home, we want to encourage you on February 7th, wear your favorite team jersey. But if you are here at the Father's house, we're going to be doing some fun games. We've got a great testimony from our assistant pastor, Zach Bartolome. And we're going to be handing out prizes. You want to know what the prize is? A year's supply of wieners for the winners. That's right, after both services. And so you're not going to want to miss that. If you feel comfortable gathering in person, we'll hope you'll join us and invite your friends and family to join us as well. Uh, we're finishing out our Surrender series, but uh, next week we are launching a brand new series called Jesus Every Day. Here at the Father's House, our mission is simple, to connect the reality of Christ to every person in our everyday life and how are we going to do that? What does Jesus look like every day? Well, Galatians 5 is going to be our study. The fruits of the Spirit. When those are in operation in our life, people's going to see Jesus every single day. So we hope you can join us for that next week as well. Speaking of joining us, if this is your first time or you'd like to get on our newsletter list or just be aware of upcoming events going on here at the Father's House throughout 2021, just text the word CONNECT to 760-334-5533. And we will be able to just let you know what's coming up. And if you have any questions, we'd love to be able to answer those as well. Finally, we just want to thank you for giving. Uh, all throughout 2020, with the ups and downs of 2020, I've just been so blown away at the generosity of those that call themselves the Father's House family. Thank you. No matter how you give, whether it's mailing it in or through the app or through PushPay, I just want to thank you for helping us not only just keep the lights on, but get the light out to the world in these days and right now we got a special privilege we have pastor mark wymore he and his wife bethany planted church called soul church down in san diego five years ago he's i've known him since bible college he's one of my all-time favorite worship leaders we're going to be hearing something about what god is doing in their church and how we can be a part of it at the end of today's message but right now he's going to share with us uh, worship song and let's just go ahead and enter into a time of just worship to the Lord and then we'll jump right into the message oh God we thank you thank you Jesus you are here moving in our midst I worship you I worship you are here working in this place i worship you i worship you you are here moving 
Well, I hope you've enjoyed this journey through Psalm 23 as much as I have with the tumultuous events of this first month <laughs> of the new year. I think God definitely led us down the right road and he wants to continue to do so even into our future. And in fact, that's what we're talking about today is surrendering our future to the Lord, to the one who actually knows our future. And at the end of this Psalm that David penned, he writes this in Psalm 23 verse six, surely your goodness and faithfulness will pursue me all my days and I will live in the Lord's house for the rest of my life or another translation says I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever it's this beautiful picture of the psalmist of David just saying I don't know the future but I know the one who holds the future and I'm going to trust him I'm going to trust him with both my future here on earth as well as the fact that I know I get to abide with him and be with him in his house forever. What a restful place for us to be able to be in as we look towards the unknown future of 2021. You know, we can't rest in this life unless we rest in the life-giving care of our Savior. And each and every one of us must surrender the future, which means surrendering right now in the present. Often it's the last thing that we want to do, but it's exactly what we need to do. I mean, here's, here's the proof. How many of you guys remember this time last year, right? The beginning of 2020, you saw all these awesome memes about how 2020 was going to be the best year ever, right? Here, here's one of those. Uh, Cinco de Mayo was actually going to be on Taco Tuesday. It's perfect. Fourth of July on a Saturday. Halloween on a Saturday. Christmas and New Year's are on Fridays. This year is going to be the best year ever. Right? Cancel. <laughs> And we had no idea this time last year that COVID, you know, worldwide pandemic was going to shut down. That's not even talking about the, the you know, the unrest, the cultural unrest in our, our country and the, the political upheaval and all of the things that happened last year that made a lot of these just completely different than we had planned. Now, did your plans for 2020 turn out? Because I know mine didn't. And all of that to say... Shouldn't we learn or take a cue from that? Regardless of what the calendar is going to look like in 2021, we know the one who holds the calendar. So our joy, our care, our peace doesn't have to be derived from things going according to our plan if we can surrender our plans to the one who holds the future in his hands. So how do we do that? Three ways, and we're going to learn from Moses how to do that today. First of all, you've heard let go and let God. Well, I want us to let go to let God change our future. 
to change our future. If we don't let go, we are going to be holding on to maybe the worries and the fears of last year. And we're going to bring that baggage right into this new year. Let's not do that. Let's let go. And Moses, you know, he knew he was called of God. And we've been reading through, if you've been reading through the life journaling, as we've been all going through the journaling together, we've been reading through the book of Exodus. And and we're going to learn right from what it is we've been reading in our life journal reading. Surrendering to one in 2021 has been letting God lead us through his word. And Moses is an amazing example of what it looks like when we don't let go and let God change our future. He knew he was called of God, but he tried to take his calling into his own hands. If you remember, he actually ends up killing an Egyptian soldier. He's rejected by his own people. And then Pharaoh, who reigns over all of Egypt, the most powerful man in the land, is seeking to kill him. So now he's on the run for his life and he finds himself in Midian. Now 40 years later is where we pick up and he's a shepherd. He probably feels like he's ruined his future, like God has probably abandoned him and then he comes across the burning bush. He's just going after a wayward sheep and God himself introduces him as the great I am. He introduces himself to Moses and says, I'm not done with you yet. In fact, I've got a mighty call on your life. So Moses had to let go right there. Let go of all of his shortcomings, all of his past, all of the places where he had already failed. He had to let go to let God change his future. This was a crucial moment, not only for him, but for all the people of Israel. In Exodus 3 verse 10, it says, uh, God says to him, now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God. Don't we all do that? I mean, we're all good with letting go as long as he's asking us to do something we want to do. But the moment that we let go and he asks us to do something we don't want to do, we immediately grab our plans back and go, no, 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 I'm good. God, I'm good with the shepherd thing. I think I'm just going to stay out here. Pharaoh wants to kill me. No thanks. He protested to God. Who am I to hear before Pharaoh? Uh, who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Remember, they, they hate my guts. God answered, I will be with you. By the way, this is a really good anchor verse for 2021. No matter what our protests are, God is saying to you, I will be with you. If you can let go of your past, let me change your future. I will be with you, come what may. And this is your sign that I am there it is again. I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship with God at this very mountain. Now, this is just amazing. God, who sees past, present, and future all together. You, you and I, we only see the present. We're often anchored to the failures of our past and our future is unknown. But God was already prophetically speaking over Moses I already see you back on this mountain with the people of Israel. It was already as good as done to God. God's future, he was bringing into Moses' present and saying, will you agree to let me write your story from now on? Will you agree to let me write your future? Now, Moses in this one conversation with God in a, a bush that was on fire but not being consumed, he argued with God and protested five times. He said, no, 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 I cannot. God said, I am. And Moses said, I am not. I am not a good speaker. I, 
I stutter. I, I can't go face Pharaoh. He wants to kill me. I can't go lead God's people because they hate my guts. All these things. And the answer to all of his I am nots was God said, I am. God is asking you to surrender your present to God's preferred future for you. And when you do, he begins to rewrite your story. Moses had to surrender to the Lord at the burning bush. Jacob had to surrender his lies and and wrestling with an angel. And and David had to surrender his passions and repent for his sin uh, with with Bathsheba. And Peter was a proud man and he had had to surrender those things to the Lord so that God could use him at the birth of the church in Acts 2. And And Saul was a persecutor of God's people and he had to surrender his plans to God so that he could turn them to Saul who would write most of the New Testament and plant churches all over. You see, each of these stories in scripture require a moment of surrender. And when we plant seeds of surrender now, we will harvest a future that God has planned for us. Maybe this is not a burning bush moment. (laughs) Maybe there's not a blinding light on the road to Damascus. Maybe it's just the simplicity of this video, this message right here, meeting you right where it is that you're at and asking you, are you willing to surrender? Are you willing to exchange your I am not list for God's I am list? You only have one thing on your to-do list today, and that's to surrender your struggles, to surrender your failures, to trade lists. Here's here's some of the things that that maybe you you need to trade in the present so that God can change your future. I'm not proud of my past. Moses wasn't. Each of us have things in our past that could try and hold us from God's future. I'm not close to God like I know I need to be. I'm not sure that God loves me. I'm not able to change. I've tried it before. I've already, you know, given up on my New Year's resolutions. I I'm not a good example to follow. I'm not good with trusting God with my finances through my tithes and my offerings. I'm not confident in sharing my faith. I always back out. I'm I'm not reading my Bible enough. All of these I am nots, right? I'm not a good enough parent and not a good enough spouse. All of these things that we think disqualify us from being used by God, we can trade that I am not list for the great I am. And he is all that we need. He said he will be with us wherever it is that we go. He fills in those places where we lack. Our our only thing that we have to do right now is what Moses did. When he approached that burning bush, God said, take off those shoes. This is holy ground. God turned common ground into holy ground. He was telling Moses, what brought you here won't get you there. So maybe we just need to take off our shoes. And, you know, if you're wearing shoes, you can take them off right now. It's just a symbol or a sign of saying, hey, God, I'm not going to trust on what got me here. I'm going to trust in the new thing that you're wanting to do. You're going to make this common person holy. Holy means to be set apart under the purposes of God. So let go. Let God change your future. And our community builder discussion question for you and your house church, for you and your family this week is, what's on your I am not list that you can surrender to the great I am? Let's just get real with it, right? Let's get honest with God. Moses had a whole bunch on his list. I think you and I probably do as well. But let's not let that, our past, hinder us from God's preferred future. So let go to let God change your past and give you a glorious future 
And then secondly, and this one sounds kind of, uh, you know, like an oxymoron, but go back to go forward by faith. Go back to go forward by faith. Now, we know if you if you were reading through this story, we know how it goes. After all of Moses' arguments, he obeys God. And it, it, it played out almost the same way over and over again. He went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said no. Moses said yes. Pharaoh said yes. Then Pharaoh said no. Then God brought a plague. And then Pharaoh said go. And then Pharaoh said no. And then Moses goes back to God and says, Hey, what gives? I'm doing what it is you asked me to do. And this keeps happening. Not just once. Not just twice. Not five times. Not seven times. Ten times he had to go back in order to go forward. You notice that God was working something inside of Moses, something that he needed to have developed in him. And obedience, even in the face of massive rejection, mocking, and frustration, even when God is showing himself strong, Pharaoh's heart was hardened towards the Lord. I mean, who likes to keep going back to somebody who's going to reject you, who's going to say one thing and then do another? And, and Moses had to do it ten times. And I really believe that going back in order to go forward by faith. This was a preparation for all of the things that Moses was about to face in the wilderness as he's leading God's people to the promised land. So look at this in Exodus 9, verse 1. It says, go back to Pharaoh. Moses was like, I'm done. And he's like, nope, you're going to go back. Tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says, let my people go so they can worship me. And if you refuse to let them go, the hand of the Lord will strike. He had to keep going back in order to go forward. And then, of course, we know that ultimately Pharaoh did relent after the final plague. He finally let God's people go. And Moses, something had changed in the, from the beginning of that trial, those 10 trials to the end, where Moses was willing to trust God on a whole new level. And it's kind of like, like if you ever gone hiking, like I remember hiking uh, Smith Rock out in uh, central Oregon with my, my dad and my uh, son and Smith Rock is you know 3,000 feet high and there was two trails that you could take and uh, one was basically kind of like going straight up and then one took a little bit longer and had those cutbacks right the back and forth and so as you're going up you feel like you're making progress but then it cuts back and you're like wait a minute I'm literally looking at the very trail that I just walked on and then you go up a little bit more but then it cuts back and it feels like you're going back but you're actually still going forward. The progression feels like regression, but you're actually still progressing up the hill. And sometimes in our Christian walk, we have to do that to get to this. If I had given up on that, I never would have gotten to this place. Remember, God already spoke to Moses and said, I see you on this mountain in the future with the people of God. And he just saw himself going back and forth, back and forth with Pharaoh, like he wasn't making any progress at all. I'm wondering if you and I might not feel a similar way. If we not, might not be in that place with our, our Christian walk where we feel like I am going nowhere. But sometimes God calls us to go back in order to go forward, in order for us to face what it is that God has for us to see things from his view it means we're going to have to face things that we would rather forget maybe it's a failure maybe it's a frustration maybe it's an impossible task maybe it's someone who's rejecting you but if God is calling you back again it's not that he's keeping you back 
It's actually to prepare you for what's about to happen next. So our community builder discussion question here is, what is God calling me to face that I'd rather forget? What are those things that, that maybe you just would rather ignore? Maybe those things that are annoying you. Maybe those failures from this past year unmet expectations and God is just like Moses with Pharaoh he's saying will you trust me will you go back to go forward by faith will you trust me in this process that this divine delay is preparing you for something it's not punitive it's preparation for what's about to happen next and what's about to happen is that God's preparing us for a divine future he's preparing Moses he's preparing you and he's calling us to go big so that we can go home forever. You've heard go big or go home, right? But this whole point of this, both for Moses, Psalm of David, you, you and I, is that our forever home isn't this home. And so if we're going to be here, let's go ahead and go big. Let's go all out for God. Let's not hold back. Let's not play it safe. Let's not be careful about our abandonment to the purposes of God. Moses had to be all in in order to see the miraculous happen. And I think you and I do as well. I don't know about you, but there's not a single person that I know, whether enemy or friend, that I want to miss out on their heavenly home. I want every one of them to come with me. There wasn't a single Israelite that Moses wanted to leave back in Egypt as a slave. And so he had to go big with the big God, with the idea of the promised land that they were going towards. And you and I have a promised land as well. It's not this land. But while we're in this land, we have an opportunity to tell everybody that we know that there is something better than this. Exodus 12, 51. So all the people of Israel followed all the Lord's commands, even when they didn't make sense, even when it was hard, even when it felt like going backwards to go forwards, they followed all the Lord's commands to Moses and Aaron. On that very day, the Lord brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt like an army. Wait, wait, wait. This wasn't an army. These people were slaves of Egypt, right? They, they were under the oppression of, of Egyptian rule. They were barely escaping. And yet God already saw them as an army. While they were still slaves, he saw them as sons and daughters. While they were still in captivity, he saw them in the promised land. While they were still escaping, he saw them conquering. While they were still civilians, he saw them as an army enlisted into as citizens of heaven, the army of God. Not as victims, but victorious. And they would need to work this out. You, you see in the rest of the story in the wilderness, God had to help them to see themselves the way he already saw them as conquering not conquered this time here on earth just like for the israelites is training for a heavenly home we have a very short amount of time here on earth the rest of eternity with god so what are we doing here the same thing god was doing with his people he's training us to see ourselves the way he sees us they would learn how to be what God already saw them as. This is an identity question. To go big, to go home forever is to understand that the hereafter informs the here and now. That what God calls me to be, I can actually be right here and now. No longer held captive to the things, the sins that I've been a slave to in the past. And, and the question is, do you see yourself the way God sees you? Do you even see that, that God is changing you day by day? 
Do you see yourself that way? I, I have to laugh because, you know, at the end of every year, they always do that Instagram thing, you know, where people post their pictures from 10 years ago to 10 years, you know, later. And so, you know, I thought, well, you know, I'll just have have, have some fun. I'll go ahead and post my picture uh, from 2011. And this is this is where I was, you know, back then. Um, you know, the, the buffets were still open back then. What can I say? I was, I was enjoying the all you can eat buffets and, uh, yeah, I, you know, maybe I had a, had a little bit of weight. So I started working out, you know, started eating better over the course of the decade. And then I, I had a chance to post my, my 2021 photo, which I got to say, I'm, I'm pretty proud of. <laughs> you know, to go from rake man to aqua man in 10 years, that's a pretty impressive thing. And of course, you know, Instagram and social media and all of that stuff is about uh, propelling an image that often isn't accurate. But I'm wondering if you and I realize that uh, whether we're Rake Man or Aquaman or somewhere in between, that you and I have been made in the image of God. That's not something fake. That's actually real. That we're not, we're not putting on airs. We're not having to pretend. You and I have been made in the image of God. And do you see yourself this way? Here in 1 Peter 2.9, it says, You are a chosen people. No, not just the person next to you. You, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Do you see yourself that way? That God actually has anointed you and called you to reach your city, to go big. When you and I realize the big call on our life, the adventure of faith that has called us to, just like Moses, we're going to go big. We're not going to hold back. We're going to allow God to remind us that we are not citizens of this earth. We are citizens of heaven. And our final discussion question is exactly that. Do I see myself that way as a citizen of heaven? Because if I do then I'm not playing it safe all here on earth. I'm going to go big for my God because there's going to be a day when he's going to call us home and I want to be able to look him in the eyes and go, I did everything that he asked me to do while I was here and I brought a whole bunch of people with me. How does that change the way we live here on earth? Well, to kind of illustrate this, I wanted to share a video with you of Pastor Mark. You got to worship with him at the beginning of this message. Pastor Mark and Bethany, good friends of ours since life Life Bible College, and they planted a church called Soul Church in downtown San Diego five years ago. And God has continued to increase. Their story is amazing. I only get to share a little bit of it here with you. But they planting in, in the city is already hard enough. But then God had given them such a vision that they would be able to actually start a community center that would reach the heart of the city of San Diego. Now, at the Father's house, our desire is to be able to partner with them and what it is that they're doing. And they've literally had to walk out in that story everything that we just learned from Moses. A lot of times they had to let go of their plans to let God change their future. A lot of times it felt like they were going back to go forward. For instance, this building that they were believing for that's right off of Balboa Park in downtown San Diego. Uh, so many obstacles. And in the middle of that, this trying to get this building, trying to raise the money to be able to get this building, to, to build a community center, we end up in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. And yet there was never once where they gave up on this dream. And I've been so inspired about how God has led them. And I asked if Pastor Mark would kind of walk us through how he envisions God using this rundown building. And as he does, I want you to pay attention to how Pastor Mark sees this building looking like one day. 
and understand that God sees us looking like that in the same way. Take a look at this. All right, we're in our auditorium and I'm standing in the middle of where we'll have about 400 seats right in this. Come on, check out this stage over here. Come on, Mario, right there. There's Misha, say what's up to Misha. That's our stage right here. We're gonna have side stage. Behind that is all of our offices, our studio, everything like that. Let me show you, most important, I feel like a, a tour guide right now. This is amazing. I wanna take you to the bathrooms. This is amazing. Come on, check it out. This is all the stuff we're cleaning. But this is our lobby right here. We're gonna have bathrooms, bathrooms, the main entrance right here. And then this is gonna be when you walk into church, you bring your family in, you take your kids to Soul Church, and this is our coffee shop gathering area right here. You say what's up to friends, bring your family, this is the place, and then we walk into the auditorium where God's presence comes and our lives are changed. Let me take you downstairs to kids ministry. Unbelievable, you can't wait. All right, here we go. This is the main entrance. This is Fur Avenue right here. Look at that, what a beautiful, it says welcome to church. We're doing construction church. All right, then you come down here. Parents, we're gonna have a slide for your kids right here. Can you imagine coming to church, you slide down here. We have boys and girls bathrooms here. And parents, this is the best part. You come down here, we're gonna have kind of workspaces here. We're gonna have some really cool things for the city. You walk in here, and this is where you check your kids in, right here. We're gonna have high security, great volunteers, soul kids check in. Listen, we got classrooms here, classrooms here, nursery right here, toddlers, preschoolers, first through fifth grade. Are you guys ready for this? First through fifth grade and our junior high ministry, follow me into our youth room. Let's go, come on, let's check it out. This is it. Walk down here. Woo! Ready, ready, ready? Oh my. We have a 300 seat auditorium for our kids ministry. Let's go, kids come first, teaching them the word of God, the presence of God, putting an emphasis on our families. And it looks horrible right now. We're so excited for all of this. Okay, so we're here in the downstairs venue number two. This is the stage, holds about 300 people in this room. Super excited. We're gonna be able to do conferences down here, gatherings down here. Come on, can you believe this? This is our church, it's amazing. It's got a kitchen that you, you won't believe. Look at this thing. So you walk in here, commercial kitchen. We're not sure what we're gonna do with it yet. But whatever we do, we're in the city for the city. Now, it stinks really bad. So team, you gotta follow me. Plug your nose. Come on, let's check this out. We have a freezer, walk-in freezer, walk-in refrigerator. Absolutely amazing. We're gonna be able to host, cater as an event space in the city for the city. Come on, it's gonna be amazing. You know, my wife doesn't let me in the kitchen, so it kind of feels good to be here right now. She just doesn't let me in the kitchen. I just don't know why. So this is really humbling. I'm standing in 21 
thousand square foot of a lot of work. And um, this is probably the least finished place in the whole building. This is the third floor that we're gonna put a company or different companies that are in the city for the city. We wanna see life change in San Diego. Nineveh was a city that was captured and taken captive and God said this, I want you to get the city back. I believe God wants to take San Diego back. And I believe that God is gonna use us in your generosity. I'm asking you to give. Some of you go, well, what's the plan? We have four stages of this entire project. Number one is the cleaning phase. If you saw downstairs, there's 60 years of churches and event spaces, and there's like 17 crock pots downstairs. We're gonna clean for three months. Then we're going into the dreaming stage. We're gonna have nights of worship, nights of prayer, January, February, March, and we're gonna believe God to see the deep wells of revival and the power of the Holy Spirit drop in this city through this building. We're gonna have nights of prayer, write scriptures all over the wall, and begin to dream. Then we're gonna go into the building phase. Right now, we're talking to architects. We're dreaming of what this place is gonna look like, and we're gonna go into building phase. We're gonna be leveling out the floor downstairs. We're gonna be putting seats in. This will be an office made. Downstairs, the kids' ministry will be ready for you and your families. And fourthly, we're gonna go into creating. Creating a home. We want to create a place for you, your family, your friends to come to church and experience the life that God has for you and your family. We're gonna need your help. In the creating a home phase, we're gonna have three open houses. Now, we have chairs from our city campus at the school. We have a sound system. We have different things for this church. But guess what? The church, the chairs that we have are corroding. The kids' ministries are almost three to four years old. Everything that we have, sound video lighting, was what we had in the first phase of our church five years ago. We think it's time to up all of that stuff. So I'm asking you to prayerfully consider how you're gonna invest into this. Welcome to our forever home. Wow, wasn't that inspiring? Listen, if you would like to give to Soul Church, there's two ways that you can do it. You can either um, go to their website, soulchurchsd.com slash HFTH or heart for the house, or just text HFTH to 94090. If you'd like to partner with them at the Father's House, we're gonna be putting together teams so we can help them as they're refurbishing this building. Really, really excited to be able to partner with them. But wasn't also inspiring to just hear how he was going forward by faith and calling those things that weren't as though they were. This is what it means to know that our home is in here. This is what it means to go big for God, to believe for the impossible, to see the ridiculous in order to see the miraculous, to be able to walk that out with the Lord and understand that we're not doing it alone. David's whole point as we finished out this psalm that surely your goodness and faithfulness will pursue me all of my days, and I will live in the Lord's house for the rest of my life. This is an amazing 
promise right here, this word for pursue. This is the only place in all of scripture that this word is used in this way. Normally it speaks of in every other usage in the Old Testament in Hebrew, it speaks of the enemies chasing down God's people. But in this one instance right here, David flips it on his head in a world where he is seated at a table with his enemies. He says, I have my God, his kindness, his goodness, his faithfulness. He's actually chasing after me. Why is that good news for you and I? Because whether you're like Mark looking at an impossible situation with a building, whether you're like Moses stuck between a Red Sea and Pharaoh's army, whether you're looking at 2021 and insurmountable challenges, here's the good news that if God is chasing after you, that means he's got your back. And if God has your back, you can focus on your future. That means it's God between you and your enemies. That's mean it's God behind you, God before you, God with you. Saying that your 2021 will be filled with goodness and faithfulness because he's not giving up on us. No matter how many times we've given up on him. So God, we just come to you right now. And we thank you for the opportunity to surrender to one in 2021. To surrender our future into your hands. We trade our I am not lists, all of our shortcomings and our failures to you, the great I am. We take all of the places where we've been discouraged and felt like we've we've regressed instead of progressed, God. And we understand that there's something you're training inside of us. And then we're also inspired, God, by Pastor Mark's testimony, by Moses and the people of God to go big for you in this training ground, preparation for our heavenly home. Wow, what a glorious thought that is. To know, God, that this is temporary. But what you've called us to is eternal. We thank you for that and what it is you're doing through each of our lives and our own circles of influence that our future is firmly held in your hands. In the name of Jesus, amen. Listen, if you would like prayer, I would love for you to just take a moment and text the word prayer to 760-334-5533. It can be anything, big things, small things. We have a prayer team, keeps it confidential, but would love to be able to agree with you in prayer for all of these things. Thank you again for joining us today. And I can't wait to launch a brand new series next week called Jesus Every Day. I'll see you then.